It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, our off-season report card on the linebacker position, where they stand and where they can go. I think perhaps more importantly, not even perhaps, definitely more importantly, where can this team get to with the linebackers because linebacker is a position that was a problem last year. It is a place where they have some young players that they might like, but the Packers clearly not in a position to compete with teams like the 49ers, the Vikings, the Saints when it comes to linebacker talent, and that is a problem. How big a problem? That's something that they are going to have to decide. And before we get into the grades and the free agency part of all of this, that is something that I want to discuss. Clearly, linebacker is a position where the Packers are looking to get better. And if Blake Martinez is not going to be back, and it sounds like Blake Martinez is not going to be back, then that leaves Oren Burks and Curtis Bolton as the go-to players for the Packers moving forward. And the similarities there are smaller athletic players, guys who can play in coverage, who can play in space, and can do a little bit of everything for you. Whereas Blake Martinez was more of a downhill, run-stuffing presence, someone who could blitz and create quarterback pressures. B.J. Goodson, same kind of thing. They brought him in a year after they bring in Antonio Morrison. And both of those players, in a way, are weird anachronisms in the modern NFL and even weirder when you think about how Mike Pettin wants to play. He wants to be multiple, he wants to be versatile, and he wants to be able to defend the pass first and foremost. So to bring in those kinds of players is counter to the way that someone like Mike Patton seems to want to play football. So where is the value of the the inside linebacker position on this defense in 2020 and beyond? And it's not just where is the, the value of the linebacker, it is where is the value of the linebacker relative to other positions. If the Packers don't re-sign Brian Bulaga, they don't have a right tackle. And right now, it seems like at least Packer fans believe they don't have a legitimate wide receiver too. So where do you rank that middle linebacker position relative to the starting right tackle and the wide receiver two spot? Now, this is all supplemented by how Mike Pettin wants to play defense. He wants to play small. 
And I think this this brings us with two potentially divergent viewpoints on this linebacker position. First, Patton has not expressed significant interest in the position. He has wanted to play small, playing just one inside linebacker more than half the time. And what that does is it allows you to put more cover players on the field, put, put more fast, adaptable versatile kinds of players, the Raven Greens, the Ibrahim Campbells, you play Adrian Amos in the box, you you give a more speedy and small look. And and we talked a lot over the course of the season about the, the pros and cons of that kind of approach, giving up something in the run game to be able to better stop the pass game. And unfortunately for the Packers, they were not able to successfully stop the pass game, at least in terms of big plays, consistently enough over the course of the season, although they got better at the end of the year. But the other thing that playing fewer linebackers does is it puts more pressure on the the linebacker that is on the field. In this case, Blake Martinez to be better. If you're going to play smaller up front, then you need players who are more capable of adapting to their situations and of playing their role in an impactful way. And Blake Martinez was someone who too often was not making a big enough impact on the field. He was not creating negative plays. He was not creating turnovers. You can live with a player who is inconsistent if they're making splash plays. And it's not that Blake Martinez was inconsistent. He's sort of the opposite. He is steady Eddie. He's going to make a lot of tackles, but he's going to make a lot of tackles three, four, five, six yards down the field. And although that player has value, they, they are not game changers. They are not foundational pieces for you. And so if you're only going to play with that one linebacker, that one linebacker has to be able to do even more for you on the field. And Blake Martinez was not able to do that. So now we, we come to the juxtaposition of the perspective that Mike Pettin has on the position and the way that he wants to play. So while he wants to value coverage, someone like Oren Burks who has that coverage ability is not getting on the field because they're either not consistent enough or not reliable enough or, or whatever it is. But that player who is playing is not good enough either. So, okay, how do you, how do you square those two things? How do you find the right mix of player to be in that spot? And where is their value? If they are the player you want them to be, if they can do all the things you want them to do, what is their value? Is it higher than an offensive lineman? If you've got four really good offensive linemen and you have a fifth one who's just okay, let's say, uh, a replacement level offensive tackle, how much more is a middle linebacker going to move the needle for you? Or if you have a receiver too that you bring in, and let's say you bring in the 2020 version of Debo Samuel. How much better is he than Al Lazard or MVS or Jake Kumro relative to the upgrade at middle linebacker? These are questions that the Packers front office are going to have to answer. The problem for the Packers is they don't have anyone that they seem to have that much faith in. Blake Martinez is going to walk. He's going to get too much money. His his projected market value is, you know, 14, 15 plus million a year. And there are Packer fans out there going, he's not worth five, six million dollars a year. Okay, well, then he's gone. 
he was a C-plus type player for the Packers. C being, you know, I, I know D is technically average, but C to me is average replacement level player in the NFL, and Blake Martinez was just above that last year. B.J. Goodson, mm, C-minus. He's supposed to be a run defender and really just was not impactful even there last season. Oren Burks did not play enough defensive snaps to even register a grade. And Curtis Bolton is someone who was not able to get on the field. If you want to count someone like Raven Green and Ibrahim Campbell, I don't think that's unfair, but I do think it's unfair to grade them as linebackers because that's not really what they're they're being asked to do. They're being asked to be overhang defenders and maybe that is what this show is should be about, but it's not really. And and they play a, a very different position than what someone like Blake Martinez is asked to do. So I don't want to lump them in there. Uh, that's something that we can talk about when we talk about the safeties at some point. The, the moral of the story is the Packer linebacker position was just not good enough. And irrespective of whether or not they were good enough, their best player is just not going to be on their team anymore. And so if that's the case, then they need someone new to come in and and play whatever role that Mike Patton deems is most pressing for this team. And I still think it is a fair question to wonder what exactly that looks like and what kind of value they offer to this team relative to other potential need positions. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. 
but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So here's the problem with the free agent linebacker route. There just aren't that many potentially good players, and none of them, the guys who are going to move the needle for the Packers, are really in their price range. Green Bay does not have money to spend. Not really. Not a significant amount. And even doing something like re-signing Brian Bulaga, given the, the contract we just saw DJ Humphreys get in Arizona, $15 million a year. I know he's you know four or five years younger than Bulaga, but Brian Bulaga is actually a really good player, and DJ Humphreys is not. Now, he was a first-round pick recently, and so Steve Keim, maybe he's trying to cover his butt on this. But Brian Bulaga deserves to get paid that kind of money if that's what DJ Humphreys is getting. He's a much better player. Is he going to be able to get that on the open market? Maybe, maybe not. But that that impacts whether or not the Packers are going to be able to sign some of these other players. There are not game-changing players on the market really outside of Corey Littleton. And Corey Littleton is someone who is going to get absolutely hella paid. And it is going to get to the point where Green Bay just says, this is way too much money. You know, his market value is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot. Blake Martinez projected projected value on spot track is 16 plus million. Corey Littleton is a better player. So if Blake Martinez is going to get 16 million, Corey Littleton is going to get more. And that is just going to put the Packers in a disadvantageous position. There are some other players on the market, someone like Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears. He's a backup. So what is he going to get? Now, you know, I've, I've, I know that his camp is confident that he's going to get a solid number. He's going to be able to, you know, get starting caliber money. But that is significant money relative to what the Packers have to play with. To me... The more prudent play for the Packers is extend David Bakhtiari, extend Corey Lindsley, extend Kenny Clark, and try and get a little bit more cap flexibility, even with the potential cuts, you know, Jimmy Graham, Lane Taylor, et cetera, and, and try and free up a little bit of flexibility. I don't know that a linebacker in free agency moves the needle enough to make the Packers that much better, given what the, the value is going to be. Now, the question is someone like Nigel Bradham coming from Philly, if, if the Eagles don't pick up that option, what kind of money is he going to be looking for? Danny Trevathan coming from Chicago, someone who, you know, hurt Devontae Adams, but played in this division and could be motivated to take a little bit less money to go against the team that's going to let him walk out the door. Could he be an option? Potentially. Todd Davis in Denver, could that be a potential option? There are going to be players out there that Green Bay is going to have a chance to run at. Are they going to move the needle for the Packers? To me, any of the players that I, I think will make them significantly better, someone like Corey Littleton, they're going to price themselves out of the Packers market. Is there a scenario where Nick Kwiatkowski and you know one of these athletic linebackers in the draft, linebackers, safety, hybrid types, is appealing to the Packers? Yeah, I, I could see that. And maybe they can free up the money to make it work. But if the question is, and this is to our point earlier about 
the options that they have and, and who makes them better relative to other positions. And that's where opportunity cost comes into all of this. If if the trade-off is the Packers can't re-sign Brian Bulaga but can bring in Nick Kwiatkowski or Danny Trevathan, then re-sign Brian Bulaga. That is the better option. The offensive tackle is almost always worth more. When you're talking about players of similar, similar quality, this is something we talked about yesterday. If you're getting an 80 in Madden rankings, if you're getting an 80, you'd rather have the offensive tackle than the middle linebacker by a lot. By a lot, you'd rather have the offensive tackle, especially with Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. And, you know, the, the receiver is probably second, and then you're looking at the, the linebacker. I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company yesterday. If those are the three biggest needs in the Packers, and I think they are, and I think most fans agree, I think most media observers agree, and, and my guess would be that the Packers, to some extent, agree, the most value you're going to get out of that is from offensive tackle and receiver, Unless you feel like you're getting a player of better quality at linebacker, and that is where the draft conversation comes into play. That is something we're going to talk about in a little bit. In free agency, if you're going to get someone to come to Green Bay, a veteran on a small deal, if, if Sean Lee is going to come for you know, close to no money, if he's going to come for something close to what he was making in Dallas, $3.5 million, something you entertain. Wesley Woodyard, if he comes from, from Tennessee, and stays in that $3 million range. Yeah, okay, that works. There are some players who could come over and make that work, and then you try and draft somebody. If you don't get anybody who makes sense, then, you know, whatever. Maybe you can find a safety in the draft. I mean, I think those are options that Green Bay is going to entertain. They get that big nickel safety, Antoine Winfield, or maybe someone, you know, Xavier McKinney falls from Alabama, whatever, you know, at the bottom of the first round. Those are options that they have. And I think there are things that that Green Bay is going to consider because Mike Patton wants to play those kinds of players versus, I mean, I think if Mike Patton didn't have to play linebackers, he wouldn't. But he understands that to stop a run game, you still have to have some big personnel. You still have to have some guys who can tackle and shed blocks and get to ball carriers and are big enough to cover linebackers and stop the run and those kinds of things. I mean, this is not... We're not in 2030 football yet. This is still 2020 football where teams are still running the ball and you just got the doors blown off you because you couldn't stop the run. Now, doesn't mean you need big people, but it still means that you need a linebacker type or someone who can hold their own there. And Green Bay doesn't really have that guy right now. Could it be Oren Burks? Sure. Could it be Curtis Bolton? Sure. How confident are they? I think we'll learn a lot about how confident they are in the combination of their roster and the draft when we go through free agency and they do or don't make moves. If they only make small moves on the margins, a veteran here, you know, for for a, a small money deal, then they either feel good about the guys they have or good about the draft or some combination of the two and just want a body to make sure. And And that's a reasonable position for the Packers to be in because of the fact that they can they can do these things on the margins they can they can add a nickel safety they can add you know a slot corner hybrid type player who can make life easier on that linebacker they don't have to be as good because if that that nickel personnel is on the field then that's what you care about and you know there are very few teams who can make you pay for wanting to play that way the reality is there just aren't position players in free agency at linebacker who can help 
there, there just aren't that many players. And the players that are available, you know, the guys who make sense in the money range aren't going to move the needle. And you'd rather just roll with Oren Burks or Curtis Bolton. And the guys who could move the needle are going to cost way too much. That is the problem with free agency. And this is not a pass rusher. This is not a receiver. This is not someone who can really move the needle on your team. This is an inside linebacker who's reliant on a lot of the players around him. Now, the really good ones can can create plays for themselves, and that's important. But there's only really one really good one in free agency, and that's Corey Littleton, and you can't afford him. So that part of the conversation, not really relevant to the free agent conversation because they can't afford the guy who makes that work. So if all of the other players are relying on guys around them, then what are you paying for? What is the value add of those guys? To me, it just doesn't make sense to go after these veteran free agents because they don't move the needle enough to justify paying more than what you're already paying some of the guys on the roster who are young and maybe into may be able to develop into players who are, you know, just as good or something close to as good as these these veterans who are supposedly reliable. The draft doesn't offer many solutions either. Now, there are players who are being discussed as possible, you know, top kinds of players in in the draft. And some of them are good and some of them, you know, I have I have serious questions about. I'm I'm not sure that I'm I'm interested in someone like Patrick Queen at 30. I like his game. I don't love it. He's young. He's athletic. There are hints of instinctive play and then hints of, does this guy know where he's going? Now, someone like Kenneth Murray, okay, now we're talking at 30. He's big. He's physical. He can run. He plays instinctive football. There is nothing more important to me at the linebacker position than instincts. And he is someone who, when he sees it, he's going to fly to the ball carrier. He's going to make you feel his presence. He can blitz. He can come downhill in the run game. And though he is not a true cover player, I think that's okay. Based on this conversation that we had about Mike Patton and what he wants out of a linebacker, I think spying, middle-of-the-field type stuff, that's fine. He wants to let Raven Green do that or Ibrahim Campbell or whatever player he picks. I, I mentioned this on Twitter. If the Packers get Kenneth Murray and Antoine Winfield Jr. and, and Antoine Winfield Jr. is playing that Raven Green position, Mike Patton is going to do backflips because those, those players together can form a formidable group that can play so multiple, can be all over the field. You never know what kind of coverage they want to be in. You never know who's going to be covering who. And, and where they're going to come from if they're going to blitz. I mean, it just provides so much malleability for a defense that I think Mike Patton could really be on board with that. And and really, those are the two guys, Murray and Queen. And maybe maybe Patrick Queen goes out and runs 4-4 like, like you know, Devin Bush or, or, you know, White last year, Devin White. Maybe. And maybe I change my mind on Queen and, and I watch some more and, and whatever. I don't, I don't think I will. I, I did already study them and... and you know, go through the process with them. After that, not a lot of great options. Now, I like Akeem Davis Gaither from App State. I think if he's there at the end of the second round, it's someone that that you consider. Now, 6'2", 220, that is safety size. That is not linebacker size. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because I know that, that Mike Pettin is not afraid to play small. 
and he is someone who can cover. I think if if Nick Kwiatkowski, for example, is going to play for, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars even, and they feel comfortable with him being that that Blake Martinez type, someone who's going to come down, he'll give you something in the run game, and they're going to play in that that sort of you know big nickel type personnel, then ADG gives you that flexibility. He can blitz. He can cover in space. He can move. I think he is so athletic, so fluid, such a 2020 linebacker. I don't care that he's 220 because he plays bigger than that. He is someone who rushed the passer consistently, who's taking on offensive tackles, offensive guards, and is winning consistently. So I like him in the second round. I also like Troy Dye. He is someone that I went back and watched specifically after Chris Trapasso was on this show Linebacker from Oregon, 6'4", 226. And I got some pushback from you know, people on Twitter that was like, well, he's not fast. The Packers need fast. No, the Packers need reliable. The Packers need players who can play. It's more important that you need, you need guys who can contribute than to pick out traits and say, oh, well, if he's not fast, he can't play. No, no, no. It's about how the traits confer on the field. How do they show up? How do they come up on the field? And for someone like Troy Dye, his size shows up. The length shows up. The instincts show up. The ability to read and react. The ability to make plays on the ball. To the, the ability to come up and make tackles. To play in space. To play in coverage. He can do those things. I don't care if he doesn't run 4-5. He might run 4-6. He might run 4-7. Some really good players, some really good linebackers run in that range. And it doesn't hurt them. Unfortunately, though, that's the list of players that I think are are useful NFL starters. David Woodward from Utah State, that's a no. Logan Wilson from Wyoming, no. Malik Harrison from Ohio State, no. Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, no. They're just not good enough to be, especially first-year starters, but I don't know about starters at all. Malik Harrison is a, a run linebacker, so is Jordan Brooks, I don't think they can play in coverage, and and I am to the point where if you cannot play in coverage as a linebacker, you cannot play in the NFL as a starter. Just that is it. I'm not. I don't even want to draft you, frankly, unless I think you're a big time special teams player. And if I think you're a big time special teams player, it's probably because you're you can move and you're athletic, and maybe you can create. You know, you you have some upside as a cover player, even if you never reach that upside. At least you have that athleticism to help me on special teams. That has value. Guys like Malik Harrison and Jordan Brooks, like, what? What are? What? How do you help my football team win in 2020? Unless, unless you know you're playing the 49ers or the Ravens, and even the Ravens because they're so fast. I know they're a run team, but they're so fast. How does someone like that help you? It they don't. And that's the reality the Packers are facing. And it's why, after studying this, I am I am more convinced that if the Packers don't find value in free agency, and I don't think they will, they will go into the draft saying, if we can get one of these guys, these top four-ish guys, great. We're not going to rush it, but if we can, great. And if not, cool. We'll just move forward. And it'll be Oren Burks, and it'll be Curtis Bolton, and if someone gets cut, you know they'll give them a run and that'll be that and that's how they'll they'll approach this i think that works given their options it has to be based on the opportunity cost who are they not taking if they take one of these players and and 
if you look at it the other way around. What are their options? If you say they need a linebacker, okay, but who are they taking if they take a linebacker? Are they taking someone who can actually help them? And if they're not, then why are they bothering? Don't take a linebacker just to take one. Take one because you think he can help your team. And there are only so many players in this draft that they can take who can actually help their team. And unfortunately, that list is pretty small. So if you can't get one of those guys, you don't just take one to take one because of the opportunity cost. You could be taking someone else at a position where they can actually help your football team. And that is the most important thing. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. A lot more to get to in this offseason. The Combine is days away now. We are we are rapidly approaching testing season and we're going to we're going to have more conversations about that. We're going to get some some input this week from uh, some some draft people who know things. They they are smart people and hopefully they can they can offer some insight trying to get coordinated exactly uh, what the schedule is for that so I don't want to I don't want to tease something that I can't promise and can't deliver to you. So We'll get to that and and hopefully um, you know be able to deliver that as best we can. Remember to follow me on Twitter. Best way to get updates: Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that nine two zero three four one three seven seven five to stay locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.